Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. How are we doing, everyone? Yeah, looking good. Thanks, Les. That was awesome. You were on point there, mate. Um... As, uh, as you came up and we were doing that last song, I just felt the Holy Spirit say that there is healing um, in the room. And, uh, and then you pulled out that psalm where there's healing in his wings, and I was just like, you're on it. And um, I was actually sitting there. I, was, I, had a, I had a splitting sinus headache. I thought I was going to have to get up here on stage and say, yeah, right, I just need you guys to uh, extend a hand to me and pray for me. Um, and it just suddenly came on. And, uh, and then God was just like, well, just lift your hands. There's healing here. And uh, bang, gone. Why don't you just take that right now? Why don't you just take that right now? If you need healing right now, why don't you just lift your hands? There is healing in the house. Oh, what a savior. He saved us not only from our sin, but from the iniquities of sin. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Right now, there's people being healed right now. Right now. Thank you, Father. Receive that healing. It's in the Word. It must be so. It must be so. It is in the Word. He healed all their diseases. Thank you for your power right now, Lord. Some of you are just struggling with a little bit of unbelief. Why don't you just lift that up to him as well? Why don't you just give that to him? That's not something that is a gift from God. Just give that over to him right now. Just say, Father, I confess my unbelief. I hand it over to you. Okay, now lift your hands. Father, healed, healed, healed in Jesus' name. A Benny Hinn-like feeling there. Healed. Healed. It's in the book. It's in the word, the living, active word of God. By his stripes, you were healed. Woohoo. Come on. I'm excited. I love it when I get healed. Never a truer statement. <laughs> Normally when I'm preparing a message, I... Um, I start out by, what do I want them to know and what do I want them to do? So what is the truth that I want to portray, present to people when I'm preaching? And then what do I want them to do with that? I.e., I want them to take that away and to advance in their Christian walk. That's my heart when I preach is I want you to go out of this place today a different person with fresh truth, with an encounter with the Holy Spirit so that you can live a better life. Because when you live a better life, others live a better life. And so that's normally the place that I would start from. Uh, and so, but as I was preparing this message this week, God said, Chris, I want you as you go through this message this week to Selah, to create times and opportunities in this message for us to pause and to think, to allow space for the Holy Spirit to encounter and to move into people's lives. Because there's different parts of this message that are going to mean different things for different people. 
In fact, I feel like we're serving up a bit of a smorgasbord today. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to encounter the Holy Ghost? Are you ready to go out of this place a different person? Are you looking for a breakthrough? Are you anticipating that in the next 30 minutes, your life is going to be impacted by Christ? Because otherwise, we might as well just go and watch the Barbie movie. I was down in uh, Wanaka a couple of weeks ago, and uh, in the morning service, the Holy Spirit said, in the evening, I want you to prophesy, you and Ruth, to prophesy over every single 13 to 18-year-old. And so I thought, cool, that takes care of tonight's service. Uh, And so then when we got to the service, and and then we did that, and it took us about an hour and a half to go through and prophesy over all of these 13 to 18-year-olds. And I walked out of there that night absolutely buzzing. Now, when I normally preach, I, lay, I, I leave it all on the field. You, you may have noticed that. I, I use a lot of energy. And so I normally go out from preaching and I'm kind of like, Whew. but I went out from that service so energized and pumped because I knew that what had happened in the lives of those 13 to 18-year-olds that evening was going to rocket and propel them forward for many, many, many years to come. And God really essentially was taking me back to the basics of my foundation with him, was the first prophecy that I received when I was 16 years old, and I can still remember it today. In fact, I'm very good friends uh, with the person who actually gave that prophecy. Uh, to me. And so again, I'm just building anticipation. I want, I just want to lift your anticipation this morning that your life could be changed and transformed in the next 30 minutes. Is that good? Okay, cool. Awesome. Pause and think about that. Uh, Towards the end of it, we are going to take communion. Uh, It is going to be rocket communion. We're going to do communion very, very quickly. Uh, And, um, and so, there may be points as you go, as we go through this service this morning, where you think, when I take communion, that's, what's, that's what it's about. That's the chain that's being broken. That's the revelation that's being launched. That's the commitment I'm making to the body that I am now a part of. So just keep that in mind as we go as well. The reason I titled the message Head in the Clouds is because that in the spirit realm exists a blueprint for what God wants earth to look like. I don't know if there would be many messages that I preach in this church or anywhere where I do not come back to the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I make no apology because that is a big part of the message that I carry, that actually our job here on earth is to bring heaven. Your kingdom come, God, your kingdom, what exists in the spirit realm. May it be released here on earth. There is no sickness in heaven. Let it be released here on earth. There is no poverty in heaven. Let it be released here on earth. And so it poses the question to you and I of how are we partnering to see the blueprint of heaven outworked here on 
earth. You see, our life here on earth is not a life of survival. Our life here on earth is a life of transformation. Where we look around and we see the things that trouble us, God says, you are my answer into a hurting and broken world. So our life is not survival, but our life is also not comfort. I'm sorry, but some of you this morning are going to go out of this place really, really uncomfortable. See, my good friends Connor and Emma, they're all ready. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) Some of you are going to go out of this place really, really uncomfortable. And it's not my fault. It's the Holy Spirit. I just got a sense this morning that he's going to stir some things up uh, for people and send you out with some issues, some questions uh, to answer over the coming week. So if there's a blueprint for heaven, we're here, we are God's A plan to bring the kingdom here. How do we do that? The conduit by which we bring heaven to earth is faith. I knew you all wanted to say it. That is how we access the storehouses of heaven and bring it here to earth. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I spent many years just wrestling this round. What does that look like? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. What is the substance? The substance is tangible. It is something I can actually see before it's seen. So I can see it in the spirit realm. Faith allows me to then pull that into the earth realm. I see it. I hope for it to be translated, and I actively use my faith that I have been given to bring it into the here and now. We see it, we partner with God, because faith without works is also dead. So there is that aspect of then acting on what we see in heaven in order for it to be released. When we move to Whangarei, We acted on what God showed me on Ruakaka Beach in order that heaven would be released in another part of Whangarei. We acted on it in order to see heaven manifest. manifest. What exists for my family in heaven, I'm actively partnering through my faith to see it released here on earth. When somebody is sick, I am actively seeing in heaven that there is no disease or sickness or infirmity. I am partnering with my faith and praying probably for that person, laying hands on whatever it may take, whatever God may guide me to do in order to see it released here on earth. So if faith is the primary conduit, where do you think the enemy would put a concerted attack? Let's think of it in terms of a battle sense. If you were about to take a fortified city, what would they do? 
they would block the supply lines, the water lines, from getting into the city. That's where Jericho was actually so dangerous because it had a, it had a well, it had a spring within inside it. And also when the Israelites took it, they had just brought the spring harvest in. So it wasn't a case there of them being able to go and block the supply lines. They had to see a supernatural miracle of the walls falling down. But generally in a battle, what someone is going to do is they're going to attack the supply lines. Well, it makes sense that there's going to be a concerted attack on our faith. So the enemy will attack our faith, he will attack the character of God, and he will attack our identity. Uh, Three primary areas. Now, there's different ways he does that, but they are three primary things I see constantly under attack and under siege that the enemy wants to, wants to get at. So there, you know, strip back the plan. Strip, I love God just strips back the enemy's plans. He goes, well, there you go. That, that is where you know he's going to go. And I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony uh, from this year, um, is that uh, I started this year just seeing some massive leaps in terms of what we hoped would, we would see here on earth and that we have been working hard to achieve and see happen over the past uh, three, four years with all the chaos that has been going on. Um, and so I thought this was a year where we were going to just see some major leaps and I'm still believing it actually is. Uh, but around April I had a, a major business deal fall over and that left me where I had to find $100,000 to honour my word that I had given to someone. And that was a pretty uncomfortable position. Now, I could have broken my word and lost a small amount of money. But everything within me went, Chris, if you do not honour your word on this, what is your word worth? Do you have faith? Do you believe that I can come through for you on this? And right smack bang at the same point in time, my brother uh, who lives in the UK was, uh, had, a, had an awful uh, accident um, and he spent a week uh, fighting for his life and then he, 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 he lost the battle. Um, and so I lost my, my, my big brother um, at the same time and I'm, I'm sitting there looking going, this was going to be an incredible year. Yeah. Uh, and... And then, really, there was a period of three months where my life was not my own almost, where there was just a track that was set, that, that a path that we went down as, uh, as we went through the process of the funeral and, and then finding investors to help uh, with, the, um, with the commitment that we had made. And at the end of that period, I looked and I just went, I just feel like the locusts have blown in here. Just the devouring that had gone on. Honestly, I haven't seen it like that in my life. Um, And what started to happen was the reality of the problems, the reality of the circumstances started to scream at me. They started to scream at me how big these problems were and how big were the solutions that I now needed to find in order to meet the commitments that I had. And what I 
unintentionally found myself doing was trying to jump in and to make the equations work according to my abilities. Selah. Ho. I felt specifically to pause here when I was preparing this message. Because right now, the conviction of the Holy Ghost is coming to some of you and saying, you've been trying to solve these problems on your abilities. And I just want you to grab that. Just acknowledge it. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that to me. Because we're going to deal with that later when we take communion. The issue then was that I started to reduce my vision down to my abilities. And my, my vision started to shrink and I started to act in what I could do. And here's the deal. If we are truly living a life for Christ, we do not have a hope in doing it in our own abilities. And if we lose sight of Christ when we are seeking to live a life that is beyond our abilities, it is a hell of a scary experience. Can anybody relate? It is a hell of a, because then all of a sudden this burden that's supposed to be on his shoulders comes on your shoulders and that burden is crushing. Now I felt to pause here again for a moment because I felt like at this moment too, the Holy Spirit is coming and convicting some of you that if you took God out of the picture, you'd carry on just fine. He said it, not me. Okay, I'm just a messenger. Sit with that uncomfortably. (laughs) Sit with that uncomfortably. And I want to challenge you with that. And I want to say, we need you. We need you on the team. Please live a life of faith. Please respond to what the... Please respond to what the Holy Spirit has just said to you. Please, please, please. And I believe that he's going to release a prophetic strategy to you over the coming months because he doesn't just reveal something and then leave us there, but he gives us a progressive vision. And so some of you, when you take communion today, you're going to be bringing that before God and going, God, you know what? Seriously, I, I, I take you out of the picture. I just carry on. Mortgage to be paid. This would happen. The we need you. We need you in the game. We need you. The, the, there's, two bigger, there's two bigger issues in this world for us to not be living by faith. <clears throat> so as I'm sitting there, I sit with God most mornings in my chair there with my coffee and uh, very good coffee. <laughs> See, it's a trouble. I shouldn't have gone there. You're right, Christy. Shouldn't have gone there. And, and two, a couple of verses pop into my mind. Hebrews, sticking around Hebrews. Go read Hebrews 10 to 12. It's awesome. Hebrews 11 verse 6. 6 Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then 
Hebrews 10 verse 38, if we jump back a little bit, but my righteous one will live by faith and I will take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And I'm sitting there in my seat and I realize that I'm not living by faith and I have this wee crisis moment of going, God, I'm not pleasing you. And he quickly comes in and he reassures 10-year-old Chris that equated pleasing someone with preventing them from getting angry. And he said, no, 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 no. I don't say if without faith you will make me very, very angry. He said, no, I'm not pleased. One of the greatest privileges of our life is that we get to bring pleasure to our creator, to the king of kings. And he's counting on us. And, and no, he's, he's not. Please, when we shrink back, because he's like, no, I've, I've given you everything. He's like, Chris, you always love your kids, but you're not always pleased with your kids. Yep. He said, I want you to experience my pleasure again. And because of some of these circumstances and the place you've, position you've placed yourself in, yeah, I'm not pleased. I still love you. Oh my goodness, do I love you. Still give Jesus for you. But I want to bring you back into that place where we work together and it is a pleasing relationship. And, uh, and in the midst of this, he revealed to me a vision of how my faith looked to me in my mind. How it looked to me. And the picture I saw was of a rocky cliff. There's a, a rocky cliff, you know, where they come straight down to like a river. And the picture I had of where my faith was, was that it was severely undercut. And as I looked at it, I went, that's, that's weird, because that shouldn't be able to erode, because it's, it's rock. And the moment I had that vision, I straight away saw, it was almost like the hand of God, and that gap was filled with fibrous cement. And I was like, you just did that, God. I, I, I thought I'm going to have to go on a journey of rebuilding my faith. But the hand of God just put it straight in. And he reminded me again, yeah, Chris, the enemy, the picture you were seeing is what the enemy has deceived you with, that you think your faith's been eroded. Because of the circumstances and some of the things that have gone on and some of even the questions that you've been asking, you think your faith's been eroded. But he said, the, the, the enemy can't have that because it is a gift from me. Your faith is a gift from me. The en- Church, the enemy has no legal right to your faith. Don't let him. It's a hell of a scary place. He has no legal right. He cannot take it. He can deceive you that it's gone, but he cannot take it. It is always there. And theologians have debated this, but by and large, this is where they land. Ephesians 2.8. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Our faith does not come from ourselves. Our faith comes as a gift that has been given to us by God. It has our name on it. We have the title deed. The enemy cannot have it. 
And then um, if you want to stick in Hebrews a little bit more and just back that up, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Jesus is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. He is the one that authored it and he is the one that finishes or completes it. Not us again. It is a gift given to us by God. And I mean, it's been the age-old thing of trying to explain faith to people. Is hey, how do you get faith? Well, you've got to believe. Well, how do you believe? Well, you've got to have faith. You know? <laughs> it's just like, as I came down this morning, I was just like, God, okay, I really want to nail this one for everyone at church this morning. I'm like, how can I, how can I really show them uh, and give them an example of what their faith is? And I looked over at my saxophone as I came down this morning, um, and I love my saxophone. I play it most days. Not necessarily well, but I play it most days. Uh, I, I think the saxophone is the single most awesome instrument in the world. <clears throat> I, don't want a whole, uh, I don't want a whole orchestra of saxophones, but when the saxophone comes in, I'm like, that sounds good. That is cool. But the thing with the sax is the saxophone is mine. But the more that I spend time with it, the sharper the notes get. And the better the sound that comes from it. Our faith is like that. We have our faith. And the more we spend time exercising it and practicing with it, the sharper and the sharper and the sharper it goes. But our faith can never be taken away from us. So I had to go on a bit of a journey with God and start to understand what the heck had gone on here and started to address some lies that had slipped in over three months of me being on this track that I, I almost felt like I was just along on, on the journey. And I got to this point and I recognized that I was actually asking the question, did God really say? When he spoke to you on Ruakaka Beach, when he spoke to you in Rangura when you were preparing to come here, when you were on a mountain in Wanaka and he was telling you about coming here. Did God really say that? And I was beginning to question it. I was beginning to question it. As I dug a little bit deeper, I found that there was a nagging question that was in there again because of some of the circumstances I'd gone through of, is God really good? That's what I love about the epistles is they don't make the apostles look that flash. That's my message today. It doesn't make me look that flash. And this one will blow your socks. Because I found myself even questioning, does God really exist? And I, and I just, look, I think on it now of the ludicrousness of that. But when I, as I really started to wrestle, there was this nagging thing, does God really exist? And I remember looking out the window one morning, we, we were on a hill and looking across, and creation just shouts at God to me. I'm like, you've got to have rocks in your head to look at creation and think it came from a lucky piece of scum. You know? I, I, I look at my, my wife, and I'm going, that is a masterpiece. Look at the person and say, how can that come from a lucky piece of scum? And I was confronted, how the heck did that, how did that nagging doubt? <laughs> Be nice. 
How did that nagging doubt start to get in there? And God started to show me some of the questions that I'd asked and not been resolved and how it had allowed an entranceway. You know, the messages that we've just started, that we've just heard, were a fantastic set of messages from Simon. Um, and I say this to you, you you're, going to be how, you're going to be working with people who are de- de- deconstructing. And I actually think, man, I had a mini deconstruction here, but I love what Simon said. No, it wasn't a mini deconstruction. It was a reformation. Do you know why? Because when he got into those lies and I allowed those lies to come under the spotlight of heaven, he dealt with those lies and he reformed me in an even more power-filled position. That is what our God wants to do. When you've got questions and when you're going through tough times, he wants to take you through in order that you will be a stronger person, that you will see more of the miracles, more of the breakthroughs that you are dreaming and hoping and have seen in heaven manifest. Selah. And then... He started to ask me where my viewpoint was again. He said, well, what are you looking at, Chris? I said, I'm looking at all the problems. He's like, well, that's not where the answer is, is it? And he started to challenge me. Get your head up in the clouds. Get your head up in the spirit realm. You're called to way bigger life to ever look and think you can do it on your abilities and you can ever meet those problems that you're facing. And he started to reassure him. He said, Chris, the reason that those problems look so big to you right now is because you've chosen a life of faith. And now you're trying to do it without exercising that faith. And, and seriously, I, I, I know I've said this already, but there's it, it a hell of a scary experience. I, I don't recommend it to anyone. The, the, I remember one night just walking down the hallway and just the sheer weight and anxiety of trying to do this on my own abilities hit me. And it, I, I thought I was going to have to wake up Ruth. I thought, Ruth, I'm going to be calling out to Ruth because I am just unable to move on the floor. But he got into those lies and he started to say, where's your vision, where's your vision, where's your vision? And he started to say, Chris, I want extended times. I want extended times of you keeping your head in the clouds, of looking at what I am doing in the spirit realm. I want extended times. of I want you every night before you go to bed, I want you reading a chapter of this book. And then the next week saying, I want you reading a chapter of this book. Because he wanted to reform. He wanted to rebuild. He wanted to reveal again the faith that is within us. And then he started to say to me, now, Chris, I want you to bind the strong man that has been running rampant, that has been given access through fear and unbelief and doubt. I want you to take authority over that because you've seen where the entrance points were. We've dealt with those. You're exercising your faith and doing the works that go with it. Now I want you to bind the strong man. And I saw this incredible vision and these red hot lightning bolts from heaven, they came and it was towards the center of our city. And they came and, 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 a, and a sphere was formed and I saw this thing being apprehended and, and, it, and it rose up to like at the top of Parihaka. 
And I, and I can still vividly see it. I see it just about every single day. It's right there. You know those frustrating dreams when you're trying to do something but it won't work? And this is not one of those. Because I saw this thing absolutely bound, lifted up. And when I looked upon it, it was the charred remains of something. Some being. And he said, Chris, as you've got these truths and you're acting on faith and you've got to the bottom of some of the lies that you were believing, he said, now he has to watch you enjoy the banqueting feast that I've set up for you. So every day I see a picture of what God is doing, conduit of heaven being outworked here on earth, and I see him bound watching, unable to do anything. He can still try and lie and deceive and stuff like that, but he is firmly bound. And for some of you, again, I want to say that you're about to go on a journey where you know that the enemy has been taking some stuff from you. He's deceived you about where your faith is. And today he's coming in with that concrete He's putting it right there. He's going, it is a gift. Start to operate it. Adjust these lies. Deal with this. Follow my pattern. And we are going to see Satan absolutely bound out of your affairs. And you are going to walk in a fresh victory with me. Selah. If that is you, hold that hope right now that the Holy Spirit is releasing in you. I've got to wrap up. And we've got to do communion. Um, there's one final thing I want to, I want to say uh, to us and encourage us is pay close attention to what is going on in your mind. Pay close attention to what is going on in your imagination. For some of you today, you've got to stop watching some stuff. I'm sorry, blunt as a skunk. Some of that stuff you're filling your mind with, you've got to stop it. Because your mind is a canvas. And he wants to release on that canvas the awesome picture of what it will look like for your family, for your health, for your victory, for your community, for your nation, for the nations. He wants to reveal it. But while you're polluting it, you can't write on it. I pray for that grace. And so for some of you today, when you take the communion, you're going to be saying, oh, God, I've got to break this. Only a supernatural encounter with you to break the hold of this. <clears throat> Pay close attention to your imagination. So, in conclusion, in conclusion, for some of you, when we take communion now, you, you've had your conduit hammered. You've been deceived out of the fact that actually the saxophone is yours. And the more you use it, the sharper the notes are going to become. Your faith is yours. He cannot take it. He may deceive you. But your faith can move mountains. The faith that is within you is the same faith. It's the same, it comes from the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. So for some of you today, as you take this, you're going to be reminded of that. For some of you today, as you take this, it is going to be the severing of disappointment. The power of that blood, severing off every disappointment. For some of you today, you've become aware that there's some things down your family line 
that there's depression, that there's anxiety, that there's even poverty. There's some things you've just become aware of. Actually, that, there's a family line of it. As you take that today, you're going to see that thing broken. Power of the blood. Power of the blood. For some of you today, you're going to go out here and go, man, i I, I got to lift my game. Well, that's the, that's the bit on the top. That's that you are part of a new body. You are part of a resurrected body that needs you playing your A game. Living a life with faith that pleases God. So why don't you just um, grab that out right now. Uh, just as the team come, um, if you guys, music team, if you just quickly have your, have your communion. Now, I, I don't want you to muck around with this today. I don't want you to muck around with this. I just want to say, God, I give that to you. I'm part of the body. I see those things broken right now. Why don't you just uh, do that quickly, and then we're going to finish with a good, rousing, victorious song. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.